You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 103, the Enthusiast Edition. <laughs> Enthusiastics. Oh, Enthusiastic? Is that what it was? No, no, it says Enthusiast. Enthusiast. That we were alumni and Enthusiast. Yes. I'm just saying we're Enthusiastic as well, you know. I'm just going further with the with it, you know. Uh, but it's been corrected. We are now enthusiasts. Thank God. The proper scope yeah. of the term. Which is good, since you ignored me all day Sunday. <laughs> I was beat, man. <laughs> I was beat. We had that walk, so that <laughs> meant Thursday we did trucks. And When I say do trucks, I mean we pick up trucks, and we drive like big 20-foot U-Haul trucks, and we load it with shit. And we shuffle around, and we go pick up water and charcoal. You and your companion, Roscoe. Me, my hetero life mate, Roscoe, who is my yes. employee at that uh, <laughs> in this in this capacity, and um, we do physical labor. Then Friday is a bunch of like errands and stuff. Like you, you go pick up things that need to be picked up for the event. And yeah. then Saturday is the setup. But the kicker on that is that the setup is not till late in the day because most of these events are at public parks. Hmm. You can't just roll into a public park at noon, take up the entire field, throw up a bunch of tents, and then leave. you got to wait till the park is getting ready to close down. So I was up in North Jersey at um, like 6 o'clock at night in the pouring rain setting up this event. And then uh, Sunday was the event where severe uh, thunderstorm warnings were in effect, so it was kind of uh, it was kind of hectic. And sure enough, severe thunderstorms came, ended up washing out the event like right at the end. So we did pretty well. But by the time yeah. I got home, I just I didn't even have the energy to to text you back. Sorry about that. I felt really bad. <laughs> well, I really got sensitive when I saw that you were posting the new episode up i had energy (laughs) i had energy to accomplish one goal and i and i thought i owed it to you for the most part i think i owe it to you like sometimes i'm like i owe it to myself sometimes i'm like i owe it to the to to the listener but in reality i push comes to shove i say listen i owe it to live he takes time out of his day to do this with me i want to get it up so it was our Memorial Day edition, you know, I was already a week late. I mean, we had posted yeah. something in a timely fashion prior to that, but um, I know there's a handful of people out there who like to listen to this and ask where it is. And Yeah, I know there's definitely one person in particular. <laughs> he won't leave me alone. <laughs> Did you well, guys quit the show? The emails, the text messages from him, like when we didn't have one for a few weeks. I know. Did you guys you- just quit recording? You know, all that type of shit. But you do this all the time. Obviously, the guy's a listener. No, I know. He is a listener. Then he had, like, 
Yeah, something like one of the episodes when download. I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not on the technical team. Just, yeah. I, Sanders must be up to something. I don't know. Just, I don't know if it was. I, that's what I told him. I was like, it just might be that's not really ready to go right now. You know, it'll probably load. When it's ready, I don't know. I don't know if there's some type of waiting process before it gets final approval. Right. You know, like, I don't know. I have to send it upstairs to the muckety mucks. Yes. (laughs) I wasn't really sure about that situation. Um, So. No, most of the time, at this point, I've eliminated a lot of the human error component. Yeah. I've also eliminated a lot of the technical error component. Excuse me. Oh, goodness. Uh, But what I have not been able to do is create a time machine that gives me more time in a day. Yeah, I know, dude. I feel for you. It typically holds up. So for for those folks who who wait patiently, I appreciate it. Um, It it, it comes eventually, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy that wants to listen to it, he wants to listen to it. So God bless him because I know we at least got one guy who's listening. And uh, it's always an underwhelming endeavor anyway. Yeah. You know? So so God bless those people twice because they're tuning in to be to be underwhelmed. Um, so that uh, I, I certainly didn't mean to give you a complex on uh, on Sunday by ignoring you. <laughs> well, you did. So <laughs> what can you do? Um, I felt yeah, so I w- unloved. I wish I could make it up to you, but I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna give you a half-ass effort tonight, as it stands, because it's Taco Tuesday, and I'm I'm gonna head out to go get all-you-can-eat tacos. But oh, that's good! You get to have your Tuesday because <laughs> you never responded to that text message yesterday. Uh, well, can I share that text message or no? No, that yeah, that's fine. About yeah, I mean that's okay. honestly what the holdup was. It was there was at a point yesterday. Like, which was probably about 20 minutes before that. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go see a movie tomorrow night. It is customer appreciation night. You can get into the movies for like five fifty. You know how cheap that is to get into a nighttime movie? Yeah, totally, totally. I I can appreciate your text messages because for the most part, <laughs> I understand what it's like to, to like be in your head too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, you're... Awesome because you don't leave it in your head, you you get it out. You know? So well, like maybe I'll send the text message to you and I'll be like, Oh, whoa, well, I don't know if he'll understand that or if it's inappropriate, or maybe I cross the line, or maybe I should explain myself. Whatever it is, you know, I start that process to think about it, think about it. Yeah. And then it then I just dwell on it, and then I dwell on it, and then I wait and wait and wait and I build up this anxiety. You don't you don't spare me that that <laughs> second level analysis. You give it to me right away. So a lot of your pod, a lot of your texts are two part texts. Like <laughs> on Sunday, you say, "Hey, if you want to record today, I'll be around all day and night." And then one minute later, you write, "I know you had a walk, so however you feel later, that's cool." Well, I'll tell you about that. Really. <laughs> It was only after I said sex, I was like, oh, shit, he told me he had a walk today. I better acknowledge. I don't want to make it sound like I'm unfeeling. Right. 
<laughs> but then you come back. You come back later. Uh, so next, the next day. So you, then you had sent me another text. Uh, how do we fix this typo? I don't get back to you for twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Right. Right. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, we gotta fix this right away because it just, I just thought I was like, fuck. I know, I know. But <laughs> in that exchange, you also sent an email. You sent a text. It says, oh yeah, I was just thinking about something. Oh, I say, hey, um, you say let's play, let's play the next podcast by year. I'm thinking about something. Uh, I'm trying to figure something out. And I say, hey, is everything cool? And you go, oh yeah, I was just thinking about uh, something else for tomorrow night. And then you follow that up with immediate text that says tomorrow will probably be good though you know as if you don't want to leave me hanging in the wind yeah well because so, i was in the grocery store and i was like fuck it what am i gonna do i'm gonna like put this off again just to go to a movie you know and like the way you text me back like is everything all right i was like well i don't want to think that i got like some kind of drama going on in my life Right. right. <laughs> I was like, I gotta let him know. It's just, just because I was contemplating heading to the movies. Right. right <laughs> I don't right. want you to think like, oh man, Liv's and Liv's got some fucking issues going on. Well, <laughs> which is which is funny because we we tackled some, you know, we tackled some some uh, otherwise sensitive subjects last time. You know. Yeah. And, like, I know you're not holding a grudge against me because I'm pro-teachers union, you know? like I'm, Yeah, well, that was just a political discussion. I'm I mean, confident I'll... in our friendship to know that, that, <laughs> that we're cool. Um, but... I mean, I'm, I consider Steve Koch still one of my good friends, even if he freaking hates my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know last week was, a, you know, it was kind of a rough week personally. Yeah. Know? And so I re-listened to that podcast, as I'm apt to do. Um, but this time I listened to the podcast. Uh, Roscoe was in the car. He ran a bunch of errands and stuff with me. And uh, generally speaking, I like to just listen to the podcast to make sure uh, it, it's quality. I'm doing a little quality yeah. control. But let's be honest. I have just I have just enough egocentrism to want to hear my own voice played over the car stereo. <laughs> so I'm listening it and, and it, it it's making me smile on the inside, you know? Yeah. So we're driving along and I forgot how serious that it was a week since we had recorded it and I was really busy and I forgot how serious or, or at least at, at least um, what's another word for it? If, if it wasn't serious it was not melancholy. We 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 played it straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There weren't a lot of tomfoolery or shenanigans. So we talked a lot about the about politics and 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 unions and minimum wage, etc. Uh, and then we talked about some personal stuff that was that was kind of touching, you know, and and honest and sincere. And I'm driving down. We get to the kind of the end of the podcast, and I start. I start to remember what we had talked about, and and I'm you know I'm driving in the podcast, and I'm driving in the car and listening to the podcast. And Roscoe's in the car, and he's like, you know, he's listening along. He's like, wow, you know, you guys are really touching on some stuff here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And I got my sunglasses on, but my my eyes are welling up, <laughs> 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 which wouldn't have been so bad except for the week before. Roscoe's in the passenger seat, and I'm driving the 20-foot uh, U-Haul uh, around, <coughs> picking up shit for the walk, and and I don't know why, but uh, every rose has its thorn by poison came on, and I start to, <laughs> I start to well up. 
I'm fucking possible wrong. that you might just cry at anything. What the hell is wrong with me? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, there was a while ago, uh, not, not, not so long ago, where that was the truth, man. I cried everything. I, uh, yeah. you know, everything, everything was moving to me. I went to the doctor um, when I first was having some health problems. I went to the doctor and I said, Doc, listen, uh, uh, one, I had a blood pressure 155 over 100. And he's like, you're going to stroke out. We got to get this taken care of. He's like, what else is going on? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm awfully emotional these days. Uh, I cry at like almost anything. I get upset and emotional about almost anything. Like even the Golden Girls gets me choked up. And uh, yeah, he thought I was kidding, so he dismissed me. But <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> it was the truth at the time, you know. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I, I uh, I've rectified that. Thank goodness. Um, but I don't know. Every rose has its thorn, man. That's just a, that's a touching song. Yeah, I mean, there's certain songs that gets me, but not every rose has its thorns. Not one. That just brings me back to the seventh grade, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't cry about. But um, but maybe I will now. Great, we're giving back to what we spoke about last week. <laughs> Huh. Uh, that was funny. I just... It's a flat circle, man. It's a flat circle. <laughs> hey, speaking of flat, I got my big uh, my big debut tomorrow. The Adventures of Flat Stanley presentation oh. at the Ridgewood Elementary School, Mrs. Pola Castro's second grade class. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, so you got to give a presentation. I that's what I understand. <laughs> yeah. So. Here was the deal. Back in whenever it was, February or March, when the kids sent out the projects, um, I asked Cole, does he want it good or does he want it fast? And he told me, I want it good. That's why I gave it to you. So I really invested in it as I'm apt to do. And also as I'm apt to do, uh, I went overboard and above, uh, beyond, uh, behind schedule and above budget. Above budget. <laughs> so, uh, at the end... <laughs> Too bad know. most of the people you sent it to didn't do that. <laughs> Those are some pretty weak submissions, man. Uh, some of them are. Some of them are, but they are clearly... They, you clearly make up for it, and it really... I know. Kind of, <laughs> there were some pretty weak submissions. It brings things together. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian's was very weak. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the fact that he did it, I, I find I find to be great. Not that, like, oh, you can never count on Brian to do anything, but, like, I, he took some time out of his day and, and, and got <laughs> He it took done. two seconds to pick up. <laughs> Why? Is, took is, a picture of it in his house with his face. No, no, no. He also took a picture. Wait, did you take a picture of the uh, of the maybe, Boston Tea Party? Maybe he did. I don't know. I took a picture of Boston with it, but I don't. when we were in the car on the way to the airport. Oh but, he no no he went to the Boston Tea Party the site okay of the Boston tea oh party. all right well I'll give him credit I thought the only one was that one where he was holding up to his head no 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 he right. uh, he did the Boston Tea Party so well, I take that back but there were some other weak submissions in there so I I don't think people took the instructions as well uh, that is true that is true but I appreciate all those that yeah but I thought it was cool that the places he went you know. Like Curacao, and you know that your buddy, who's the Seton Hall sport uh, basketball guy, took him down there. I thought that was cool. Okay, so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make, I wanted to make an impression on these kids that like 
there's a big world out there. And, yeah, yeah, and that's the point of the of the project is to, is to see how interconnected everybody is. And um, so when I said to Cole, "Listen, mine's yours is going to be really good, man, but just give me more time." And as time yeah, yeah, went yeah. on, he was you know he was getting antsy. All the kids had their submissions in, and he didn't have one in. And you know, when did at, the first submission start coming in? Probably, that's the question. Well, like right away, he said one. One Flat Stanley submission got returned in the mail, so they just took a picture of him in his own house. <laughs> so, Wait, what? A, so a kid sent his Flat Stanley out in the mail, but he had the uh, wrong either postage or address, so it got returned to sender. Uh, so the kid just took a picture of the Flat Stanley getting returned and made that his submission. Nice. So there was a lot of weak ass. What I was gathering was there was a lot of weak ass shit from these kids. So I wasn't too concerned without doing out doing them, um, or their their relatives to be more precise. So I'd ask yeah. Cole what was the best submission so far, and he said, "Well, the best one so far is that so and so sent theirs to their grandmother, and they got a picture at an all you can eat Chinese buffet in Tampa." <laughs> that's great so that came back and that was the top dog for a while and the whole reason I'm going to present at the class is because one of the kids uncles uh, drove all the way from Thailand to present his submission drove to the from kid. Thailand? correct and I made sure <laughs> that I understood that the uncle drove from Thailand, and I got confirmation on that. He definitely drove all the way from Thailand. Oh, he must have been one of those submarine cars. <laughs> and Cole said, if you come in... No, he didn't say if you come in. He goes, now you have to come in so you can be better than that guy. Drove all the way from Thailand. That's great. <laughs> um, let me, who took the Curacao shot? Uh, Mick. My old okay. buddy Mick. My old protege. Well, I'm glad to see Mike's come, Reardo's coming through for you on this stuff. <laughs> His response was, <laughs> I can't figure this out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't figure this out. <laughs> uh, I was... um. I was particularly pleased with my Asbury Park contributions. I think you've been here. You, you, yeah. Uh, you, I appreciate it. You get a sense of what Asbury, and I think yeah. I captured it right. Too bad we didn't know about Danny DeVito before then. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I thought some of my commentary was was relevant, and hopefully will be well received by the uh, yeah by the second grade class. Yeah, I just happened to be watching a 30-year-old episode of Johnny Carson with Danny DeVito on when he started dropping Asbury Park knowledge. I always forget that uh, that he's in Asbury Park. Yeah, he was talking okay. about he was a hairdresser and stuff, you know. Imagine walking around Asbury Park and seeing Danny DeVito just strolling the boardwalk. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, today, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I could see him there now, you know. <laughs> um all right so yes your asbury part you had you had you had the big hits in there you had stone po- the stone pony of course yeah the beaches yeah i had the pedal boats which i think is is where i took the turn to be a little irreverent with the uh, uh with my with the captions with the captions correct yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Which I think is funny, though. I think the kids no, no, I, I thought it was great. What was, you know, you had a little political reference in there, right? So the uh, the pedal boats, I think, is funny for kids. I think they'll get it. It says Asbury Park also has pedal boats, but I don't have knees, so I couldn't ride them. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we get to Boston, and he says, uh, "BP also showed us where the tea party happened." I mean the historical event that helped found our country, not the neoconservative political movement. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, I, this was probably my shining moment. Um, well, actually, New Orleans, uh, I really, by this point, I had just hit a stride that I kind of didn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. It says, but my favorite trip of all was my visit to New Orleans, New Orleans, Louisiana, to visit Uncle Matt's friend Liv. And it's a picture of uh, Flatch Stanley in, in the St. Charles uh, uh, trolley car. Yeah, yeah. And then car, it's yeah. got a double picture of him eating a snowball and at, your, uh, at, at the fly with the crawfish boil. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. says, I ate great food like snowballs and crawfish. But not together. That would be gross. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a sop to the little kids. Right. Because gross is such an idea when you're like eight. Right. <laughs> and then there's a picture of um, of a couple of the sites, the, the Superdome and uh, the Natchez and, and uh, Jackson Square. Um, but then on the following page is, the, <laughs> is your brother on the pedicab. Yes. And, and the uh, and the gypsy woman, what is she? Fortune teller. Yeah, the fortune teller. Says I met great people like a pedicab operator and a fortune teller. Here's a fortune for you, kids. You can save twenty bucks if you skip the pedicab and walk yeah. the five blocks back to the hotel. <laughs> I was like, can't be spreading that spreading that tip around the people. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> my brother would be pissed. <laughs> So, uh, so I don't know. Maybe that I'm self- fortune teller who just didn't get the point of what I was trying to do. It's like, no, you're supposed to be. Uh... <laughs> you're supposed uh, to be reading him his fortune, not posing with him. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> that's great. You definitely, uh, you definitely. But I was were. so leery about stepping up to any of those fortune teller people. It took me 15 minutes to go up to her, you know, because they're all lined up out there, and you know, all those people are shysters. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm thinking, looking at which one, it's like, all these people want money. You know, I can't, I was trying to figure out which one will let me do this without friggin' demanding money, you know? Right. Because you can't, I don't know, I, I just have a skeevy feeling about those people. I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> I, I thought, uh, I mean, every single picture you sent was awesome. The only reason I didn't include them all was because I had a 20-page limit on the... Well, that's uh, what I, I, I realized. I was like, well, geez, uh, I didn't... I mean, I didn't know where it was like, you know... I've never done it before. I didn't know it was one of these things that people did like one picture, one or two pictures. So I was like, I did a bunch of them. I was like, yeah, there's just too many pictures for them. Yeah, no, it was great. It was it was awesome, and I mean, there were pictures that that uh, that didn't make my book that I took. So maybe we'll do yeah. a second edition. But then again, you know, uh, I'm a childless bachelor, so <laughs> I have more time to go take Flat Stanley pictures than other people, like Brian and the Seton Hall basketball announcer and right, whatnot. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. 
Totally. <laughs> um, but at least we get to ch- – well, the big – the payoff is that the kids get to put pins in all of the places that their flat Stanley went. Okay, so hopefully you'll get the most pins. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. The downside is that there's only like three days left of school, but – Yeah, no, you... it blows me away. They're still in school up there. Oh, yeah. I, I was surprised that they're not in school longer. Usually, like, on a typical winter, there's like five or six snow days, you know? Oh, uh, they didn't like, have a lot of snow days no, this year? No, they had none. Hmm. Just crazy. It just blows me away they're still in school, because... When did the kids get out down there? Probably like two weeks ago. So before Memorial Day? Yeah, because, you know, it's just too damn hot down here. When do they go back? They go back, like, in August 20-something. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, that whole tradition of starting after Labor Day ended a long time ago. You know? I think the public schools used to do it up until, probably up until 25, 30 years, 25 years ago. Because I remember there used to still be this story on TV every now and then, where they'd be getting it out to the parents in Orleans, because, of course, Orleans has the most fucked up people living here that to let them know school starts before labor day now because that used to be a big thing you know people just wouldn't send their kids back to afterwards and it's like come on man obviously you don't give a frig about the kids education you can't even bother yourself to look up when school starts right (laughs) you're so out of it you're not even looking at the notices because i'm sure they said you know before school starts every year when you're a kid they're always sending you 25 different things in the mail, you right, know? Right. <laughs> so they would always be in the news, you know, and reminding people, you know, and every year they would say how many of the numbers went down. I think since Katrina happened, I think that's that's been done away with. Everybody knows school doesn't start after Labor Day anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I know like it was like my parents grew up in a world where school started after Labor Day, you know? Because that's what it is everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But they got to get 180 days in a year. So now I think it starts a week earlier than when it started when I was a kid. But that's like a post-Katrina thing because now they take days off for everything. It's like, there's going to be two inches of rain today. We're calling school off. And I think the issue is they just have so many extra days built in, which they did because of the because of Katrina. You know, in case they got to deal with hurricanes, right? That they have days to burn now. You know. So what did what happened to to kids? You know, school age kids in in uh, during Katrina. Did they have to repeat those grades or? Like my niece, uh, you know, they went up. I mean, I went up there briefly too to Chattanooga, where my uncle lived, and yeah. my niece spent. She spent the. Uh, you know, she got enrolled in the Catholic school up there, and she spent the fall semester down up there. And then they uh, came back and started uh, classes again uh, at St. Catherine, like in January. You know? Okay. I mean, uh, I know Jesuit. My high school was the first school to reopen in the city. And what they did, kids were at schools everywhere else, you know, Houston, wherever they went, wherever they fled to, you know. Um, uh, wherever they went, they uh, 
they came back. Enough kids came back because Jess was like, we're opening now. I think they might have opened in October or something like that, you know? Right. Or November, you know? Uh, but that was the only show in town. But most people ended up some places. I'm sure there are many kids. There are probably many kids that did have to sit back a year and stuff, you know? So, yeah, so, like, what about the Orleans public school? Like, the families that didn't even know that school, you know, (laughs) starts before Labor Day. They're not enrolling their kids in the public school. I don't know what happened with those kids. Like, so many people ended up in places, like, primarily Houston. So, like, all those people, I'm sure they were were worked in the schools out there, you know? Yeah. But But I don't know... But I'm sure there is a good number of kids who's who probably just didn't go to any school for that whole semester, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you would be doing, but if you were just in so so much disarray. But I think, like, even if you were the kids that ended up in the Astrodome, uh, they would have. Uh, I'm sure they were making a point to try to get you into some type of school, you know? How long but were I'm people sh- in the Astrodome for? What's that? How long were people in the Astrodome for? Oh, I don't even know now. I mean, I'm sure people were there for at least a week, you know. I have no clue what it was. I mean, I, I don't think that, obviously, that was an ideal situation. And I do know, like, they start, I think they were trying to find, like, apartment complexes and stuff around there to put people in, you know, because there was just no way they were getting back down here to live for any, for a while, you know. Right. So, I mean, some people never came back. A lot of people did come back. Um, well, I mean, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie can only do so much, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, sometimes there's so much damn crime in this town, and I'm sometimes I think to myself, how the fuck are all these the people that came back? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's out of control. Like, there was a guy... Well, I mean, I saw it. It was he was in his house, or he was working inside a house in part of town called Hollygrove, which I live right next to Hollygrove neighborhood. But this is probably like friggin' maybe a mile or so away from my house. This morning he was shot, and it was eight o'clock in the morning. It's like who the fuck's went up at eight in the morning to murder somebody? That that's oh, <laughs> that always amazes me. <laughs> you, know? you know when you see like. Not a homeless person. You can tell the difference between a homeless person and a vagrant, right? A homeless person and a ne'er do well. Somebody who's out looking for trouble, right? What yeah. Are you doing up at seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, like I, I, I don't understand. I was like, like, oh, get up out of bed, get my morning cup of coffee, grab my gun, and go kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was like eight in the morning. And there's gotta, it's gotta be something personal because. It was like a 50-something, a 60-something-year-old guy who was working inside a house, you know? Yeah. Like, it, sure. like when I first heard it, I was like, well, he so I was like, well, I guess maybe it's not one of these random street shooting, th- which are not random, you know? I mean, usually it's people that have beef with each other. Right. But, um, but, but it's like, no, nah, there's something else. If it's a guy that old that was inside the house that got murdered, you know? It's not some kind of street-level you know, uh, settling scores type of thing. Like last week, was it? Or Yeah, I think it was on Memorial Day. There was two two guys got shot in a part of town, probably a couple miles away, from, 
probably a couple of miles away from where I live. And it was like 11, 11 something in, in the afternoon. I mean, 11 something in the morning. I was like, fucking 11 something a.m.? Who the frig is? You know, it just, that shit's brazen to me. When it happens in the middle of the night, it's like, all right, middle of the night, you get it. The yep. idea of people gun, gunning down people in daylight, you know? Right. Right. It's friggin' insane. One, and, one because usually you associate that that type of element is stalking the night. You yes. Know? And two, you can be seen. <laughs> yes. But it happens down here a lot. I guess. I mean, hell, they have shootings downtown, like in the. They had one the other day in the warehouse district that happened like in the morning, like which is a nice. It's kind of a nicer part of town, but there was a guy getting shot at. Somebody got arrested. They had streets closed off and shit. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? But I guess when you want to settle a score, you don't give a fuck. And obviously, these guys don't give a damn about much if you're just going out shooting people anyway. Right. You know? I mean, and most of these people, I, I don't know if it's most, but a large number of them never get solved. And ones that theoretically may get solved... No one, a lot of times, someone doesn't even get put away for it, you know? So, Um, because it's really, you know, there's a lot of witness intimidation, all that type of stuff goes on, you know? Sure, a lot of people, you know, protecting the code of the street or whatever. Yep, snitches get stitches, the whole thing, you know? That's right. Um, But speaking of keeping the streets clean, I've got a couple reports to make on my neighborhood watch. Uh, endeavors. So, um, a couple weeks ago, we left you with the with the tale of the um, legless wonder. Yeah, the wheelchair crackhead lady. Yes, the wheelchair crackhead lady who's uh, who sells crack in my neighborhood and somehow gets people to push her around all the time. So, She's like the the mafia godmother of the neighborhood, it right? Really is, really is. She's got. She's got a face and an attitude to match. Like, she is just a gnarly-looking bitch. <laughs> and not, like, gnarly what we thought about when we were kids. Like, no. gnarly, man! No way. No she's way. She's gnarly in the worst sense of the word. So, my first encounter with her was to berate her and chase her off my block. To which <laughs> she responded back with, with equal parts um, venom and malice. Then my second encounter with her was a little was a little more subdued, but definitely passive aggressive and condescending. That's when yeah. I wagged my finger at her and told her, "You know better than that. Move <laughs> along, move along." Like she wasn't even worth my time. Move and then along. I had told you that my third strategy was going to be compassion. Yeah, you know, and try to like. See if I can get her some help. It was a three-step program. Um, I haven't gotten to the third step because every time I step out of my house, if she is within 100 feet of my front door, she rolls in the opposite direction. I have not seen her her light up her little crack pipe on my street. That's a victory. You kind of scared her. You know what? And I was worried about it. Right? Because we talked about it. It could go two ways. One, you know, she's a junkie and and she is intimidated and she rolls away. She just wants to score her high. Or two, 
she's going to exact revenge because she's a crazy junkie and is, I'm going to get gunned down by, uh, what's it called? Drive-by shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I was a little nervous. But at this point, I don't know what I was going through um, a couple weeks ago, but I just didn't give a fuck. You know? I was like, if I'm going to get gunned down, I'm going to get gunned down for chasing the legless crackhead off my street. You know? And at least we had recorded it for posterity so you could call the cops and let them know. And justice would be mine in the end. So I took some pride in that. But now I'm on a rampage. Now now I'm like, I can, I can, I want, I'm one man sheriff in this town. It's a one horse town. <laughs> You're like, uh, what is it, Buford Pusser from Walking Tall. Exactly. So there's a house behind me. It's uh it, it sits uh, perpendicular and kitty corner to my yard. Okay. So um they have a it, it's all like <clears throat> for the most part it's it's all government assisted section eight housing around my neighborhood. Um couple people own some nice houses, but um I'm in the little I'm in the more downtown area. So um there's a I don't know. It's not a duplex. It's a single family or multifamily unit that has a garage apartment attached to it. And these people live in the garage apartment, but it's got like, it's a driveway, but it's now a common area, almost like a courtyard. So it reminds me a lot of Melrose Place. Okay. Remember the old Melrose Place set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the old Spanish style courtyard type of thing. Correct. Um, yes. Except I refer to it as as ghetto. Yeah, Melrose like place. that's what I was gonna say, like a down market Melrose. Yes, exactly, down market yeah. Melrose. See, you're so much you're so much more articulate. I need you to be my copywriter for these uh, for these public service endeavors that I go on. But anyway, <laughs> um, they've always drive driven me crazy. They they're drinkers. And what happens is they go and they sit out in their courtyard and it starts off innocently enough at one or two in the afternoon of playing cards. But, you know, when people who can sit around playing cards at one or two in the afternoon get a couple drinks in them, it turns sour pretty quick, you know? Yeah, yeah. These yeah. aren't buddies who are hanging around. They're people who whose common connection is the fact that they have free time at one o'clock in the afternoon you know so yeah no kidding they start to get rough and they start to get violent and they start to yell at each other and without fail a drunk chick from around the corner shows up and i i've seen this chick and i know exactly who she is and i know when things are going to get really sour because she shows up and i've I've, i I don't want to be like, I, I, they want to enjoy their time. It's in the afternoon. That's fine. Just be reasonable about the level in which you're enjoying yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then once 10 o'clock rolls around, you got to shut it down, man. Like, that's just common courtesy. It's all. It all should be common courtesy, but at ten o'clock, there's a statute that tells me. So they're out there courtesy. the whole time, the like whole all time, day, for like whole twelve time. hours, yes. fucking around. Horrible, horrible. Yeah. The I drew the line yesterday when they were fighting about something, and um, and out of nowhere, a woman decided to interject that Muhammad Ali died. <laughs> Wait, what happened? I'm sorry. So, I'm the, in- 
So they're having their conversation, and yeah. it, 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 it's in typical fashion, it's getting out of hand. And they're screaming over each other, and somebody um, somebody disrespected somebody, and now there's words. It never turns physical, but it always threatens violence. There's always threatened. They always threaten violence, right? Yeah. And out of nowhere, one of the women who was, who was party to this conversation decides to interject that uh, as if it was news to the entire group for the first time that <laughs> Muhammad Ali is dead. <laughs> I said, that's it. I don't know why that put me over the edge, but I said I had had enough. I'd been threatening to do something about it for, for a long time because um, – if I don't know that we call it happy hour, that's kind of the code word to to you know amongst the you and Roscoe here. My, yeah, myself and Roscoe included. Uh, to say that, listen, they're they're starting and it's annoying. You know, um, if I don't know happy hour has started, um, Roscoe will inform me. That happy hour started. <laughs> <laughs> he gets particularly bothered by uh, the shenanigans that go on. Oh, he, I'm sure. And he gets frustrated, you know, because his idea of of a fulfilling um, or relaxing afternoon or, or evening is to sit on the porch, read his newspaper, and and you know have a glass of wine and smoke a cigarette. Right? This yeah. the activity next door makes that impossible. You know, so he gets super frustrated with it, and um, how close are they to you? They're they're not the not the other side of my fence, the yeah. other side of that yard's fence. Okay, so two yards. They're away. just so loud. Oh my god, so loud, incredible. So I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, I always said I was going to go down to to the police department and file a. Uh, a complaint, or I was going to keep a calendar. I had all these great ideas, but they never come to fruition, you know. But yesterday, I had enough. I had I had, I had it up to my uh, up to my ears. I ended up calling the police, but I, I called the non-emergency number. Yeah, and uh, you know, gave her the story, and and she took my name and my address, which I'm always a little leery of. Yeah, I but. Know. I, I have not. What do I have to hide? You know what I mean. Like they're not going to give them. They're not going to show up and be like, "Hey, this guy just called and complained." I mean, you've never said anything to them personally, right? No. no. Yeah, so they don't know that they should be worried about you. Right. They've never yeah. seen me. The only reason I have such a such um, a beat on them is because my upstairs overlooks their yard. <laughs> okay. So they're not looking up at me, standing, looking at them in the dark, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hiding behind my curtains, you know? So they would never know it was me. But I talked to the woman and, and uh, or the dispatcher at the police department, and this is a oh, known house. I know the cops have showed up there before, so it's not like it's a big surprise. And it's right next to the Legless Wonders crack stash house. <laughs> so it's a very active part of Asbury Park. So she gave me, you know, the 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 procedural rundown, and uh, you know, said, "Hey, listen, every time this happens, you have to call, and you got to make it known. And then after five or six of these occurrences, then you can come down and you can file a report, and blah 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 blah." So uh, I'm taking the neighborhood back, man. 
I'm taking yeah. Edward back one day at a time. That's good. Somebody's got to take it back. That's what I thought. If not me, who? If not now, when? They uh, they have a guy, you know, because my neighborhood's, I think, similar to yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's this guy, and, you know, a couple months ago is the first time I, well, ever interacted with him. He rides around on a bicycle, and they got this house you know, a couple of streets over, and I walked the dog, and I remember seeing him there with this woman hanging out on the porch. And, you know, they were like, oh, talking. I was like, oh, hi. You know, very nice. To, you know, just like being courteous. Like a... Uh, neighborly. Like, a cur- like neighborly, yes. And then, like, uh, a few days later, I'm walking the dog again, and the guy sees me, and he comes up, and he hits me up for money. And, like, he had said hi to me a couple of times and talked to me and said stuff. And I was like, dude, I don't have money with me. Because I was like, no way. This isn't going to happen. Right. You know? That this guy's going to think he can start hitting me up for cash. I was like, man, I'm just walking my dog. I don't carry any money on me. You know? Yeah. Which sometimes I will not carry anything on me just because of that, you know? Right. And then now every time I see him, I'm like, fuck this guy. You know? And. And, like, he always wants to go out of his way to say hi to me, and I think it's because he wants to hope he can butter me up for money because <laughs> he's one of these people that has, that does nothing all day. Right. You know, he just rides around this fucking bicycle. It's like, go get a job, you know, do something. And when I was coming home tonight from work, as I was turning, coming down the street to turn onto my street, I saw him and that woman. They were both on bicycles just hanging out on the street. Like right at right where right at the corner where you turn onto my street from the side street. I was like, I was like, I don't even want to make don't don't even want to make eye contact with them. You know, it's just like I don't know, man. It, I, I guess there's, you know, I mean, so I feel your pain with these friggin', you know, these these neighborhood vagrants that don't do anything. Except just cause a strain on society, basically. Yeah, and, and I don't <laughs> what I don't understand is that you're living and maybe maybe this is the point, but a lot of people around here and a lot of people in New Orleans, they've never been anywhere else. Yeah. So why not take a little pride, you know, in your neighborhood? Why not take a little pride in, in where you're from, regardless of whether you come from from meager means. Yeah, trust me, I get pissed off because I'm the one I'm the guy that picks up trash. You know, oh. everybody else just throws trash everywhere. I don't get it. I don't get with the casual idea of littering, you know? <laughs> so my first uh my first foray into uh into neighborhood watch was uh, a guy I'd always find these airplane bottles of fireball in my flower beds. Yeah. And I'm like, where do they come from? You know, like, do I have a fireball tree that just sheds these things or whatever, you know? And one day I caught the guy who did it. And I yelled at him. And I told him to pick <laughs> up his bottle. And he used profanity, but I, I was I was aggressive. I told him he better pick up his bottle and I better not see him around here again. He can do what he wants on his time, but not on my property. <laughs> See, that's what pisses me off when I'm picking up stuff that somebody obviously just threw down in front yeah. of my house. That shit pisses me off. It's like, what kind of asshole does this? 
you know? And they raised their kids to do it, too, because uh, I come across like a friggin' I came across like a juice box or some shit a couple weeks ago. It's like, obviously, there's some little asshole kid just threw it here. You know, littering always bothered me. I had friends, like, guys I knew, and they would just litter. I was like, I don't get it. You know, I don't get what's up with fucking littering. It's shitty. It sucks. And you know who's the worst about littering? What what class of people? What what segment of society? Smokers. Yes. Like the other day, you know, my mom's house is on a major thoroughfare. The other day I was there, I was every time I go there, I pick up at least two or three of those pieces of cellophane that they wrap the the cigarette packs in. Yeah. You know, it's like what the fuck? The other day I was running so many traffic and I saw him finish a cigarette and just throw the butt out. I wanted to say something, but I didn't because I'm in traffic. You know, but it's like, why do you think that's like, do you think that's magically just fades into the friggin' air, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. If you're smoking a cigarette in your car, why the fuck don't you just put the friggin' dirty butt out in your car? You know, obviously you don't give a frig about how, how nice your car is if you're smoking it, you filthy animal. Right. You know? But, like, the whole thing, like, and and I'll see dudes walking the street with a new pack of cigarettes. You'll see them friggin', you know, pack it down, and they'll take the, the cellophane off, and they just throw it to the air, you know? It's so Like crazy. it's nothing. Guy um, used to be a big smoker. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but he's, he, he Yeah, I know he used to smoke, yeah. But he was he was the most conscientious smoker I'd ever seen. He would when he would finish a cigarette, he would put it out, and and if he had no place to physically stub it out, he would use his fingers to 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 put it out, and then okay. he'd, he'd put it in his pocket. Yeah, uh, I mean Jacob won't put it in his pocket, but he'll never. He'll never throw his cigarette butt anywhere where it's not supposed to be. Like, like if there's a like when I go to lunch with him, he always has to smoke a cigarette before we get in the car, and he always, you know, he breaks out his little bottle and throws it with water and throws it in there. I mean, it's gross carrying it around, but it's better than friggin' tossing your butt on the ground, you know. So I appreciate people that do stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. my. Sophomore year roommate, college was a hippie, and he didn't like the, he didn't like the uh, litter, you know. And I remember, he, but he was a big smoker. He had his winter coat. The pockets were full of uh, fucking old uh, butts from where he'd be walking around. Just keep throwing them in. Uh, it's like, all right, that's gross, but at least you're not throwing it on the ground. True, true. But yeah. at that point, you got to stop, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, um, well, he was. He was He's a hippie, so he's kind of filthy, you know. So when, he wasn't uh, exactly caring about, you know, whether his jacket had the friggin' cigarette butts in. I guess you know. I'm standing with my neighbor who who comes down on weekends every weekend, and he comes over. He says hello, and he's smoking a cigarette. He smokes little uh, unfiltered palm balls. He's he lives in Hell's Kitchen. He's a you know he's a musician, old guy in his fifties, nice guy. But he's smoking his cigarettes and whatever. They're little tiny cigarettes, only like three or four drags. So he smokes them, and I'm watching him. Now I'm not even listening to anything he's saying. Because I want to know what he's going to do with the cigarettes. Yeah, he's exactly. done with it. And he's standing in my yard. 
he's standing on my sidewalk. I don't have really have a front yard. But he's standing on my yeah. sidewalk talking to me, and he's done, and he just flicks it in the street. Jesus. And I'm like, that, come on. You know, like. Did you say something to him? No, I let it go. That's Yeah, of course, because you don't want to. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an awkward situation to be. It's, in. I've lived, you know, I've owned the house three years, and and that's the first time I've encountered that. You know what I mean? So like, I'm just gonna pretend it didn't happen. You gotta do some kind of passive aggressive thing and put out like a metal can or something <laughs> out there. It says cigarette butts on there, some shit. You know. <laughs> um. So I just, I just don't get it. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand it, man. Um, that cigarette smokers, I don't know, man. Uh, regular litter bothers the hell out of me, but cigarette smokers, it's just like, even if you can get everybody, to, people that smoke cigarettes, they'd probably say, oh, yeah, I don't litter. But the ones that throw out the cigarette butts, you know, you get loads of people like that. They might never throw, like, a bottle on the ground. But they'll throw every cigarette butt on the ground. It's weird. Do you, do you think it's because it's it's like obviously ice cream biodegraded? Man? Oh yeah, it's uh, summertime in Asbury Park, man. Nice. Uh, nice. They must have passed the local ordinance. Roscoe says that he has heard it, but I have not this entire summer. This particular um, ice cream man not only has the 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 um, the chime. It would also give out a screeching, hello. Yeah, I know. I get that come by my house. I that Those ice cream trucks are in my neighborhood all the time. And it goes, you know, plays a little song. Da, 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 and it's, hello. Yeah. That's um, annoying. Yeah, so for some reason, they don't do the hello anymore. Somebody got pissed. Yeah, it must have been the other side of town. Yeah, yeah. The upmarket Asbury Park. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, it's funny. You know that TV show? Uh, Mom. Uh, is that Anna Ferris and Yes. Okay. Well, I never watch it. I mean, I've never really paid attention while I was on. But the other day I had it on. <laughs> you know, Anna Ferris has a son. On the show, and they go to, she goes to pick him up from the ex-husband's house. And I was like, wait, did they say his name is what it is? And, and I just confirmed it on IMDb. Yeah, Santa Ferris's son on the show, his name is Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> Little, like, nine-year-old kid, Roscoe. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so obviously I couldn't help but thinking of Roscoe. Since Roscoe was on there. Not to be confused with 70s tennis star and convicted swindler Roscoe Tanner. Also not to be confused with uh, fictional character Roscoe P. Coltrane. No, no, not to be confused with Roscoe P. Coltrane at all. Definitely not. Or to be confused with... With actor, I believe he. <laughs> no, he's still alive. Roscoe Lee Brown. No, he's dead. He died. Died nine years ago. Roscoe Lee Brown. 
He's from. He was born in Woodbury, New Jersey. And if you looked up Roscoe Lee Brown on IMDb right now, you would recognize his face. That's he's one of those guys that was in everything. Are you looking up Roscoe oh, Lee Brown? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he was the original. Oh no, he wasn't the original. He was the. Uh, uh, he was a butler. He played a but. I want to say he played a butler. I'm sure he played a butler probably several times in his career. In considering his age, Benson. considering the way Hollywood was, <laughs> I, I want to say he played a butler in Benson. Well, Benson was the butler originally, but I'm sure I I wouldn't be surprised if he was a butler in Benson. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he was. I'm looking it up now. Pretty sure he was on an episode of Sanford and Son where he was like hanging out with Donna. And he was like, you remember that was Fred's girlfriend? Yes. And he was like a real threat to Fred because he was kind of like, because he always played kind of like a a real dignified, yeah, sophisticated guy, you know? Yeah. I do remember from Head of the Class, that one episode. But uh, he was on an episode of Soap as Saunders, which is where Benson was introduced. Oh, that's what it is. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He... Did he become the butler after Benson left? He was on there for 14 episodes. He was the butler after Benson left. Yeah, 1980, 81. Yeah, there you go. On uh, soap. Yes, so Benson's African-American replacement uh, as the Tate's cook and butler with a disdainful attitude similar to Benson's, although he was more cultured and polished personally. He's, uh, he's injured when Leslie Walker shoots him in the temple. Um, I loved soap, man. That is a show that I'll watch. See, I, I only watched it a couple of times. I remember it used to be on reruns when I was a very, when I was very young, and all I really knew about it was that hey, it's where Benson spun off from, and then Billy Crystal was in it. You know? Yeah, it's. I, I, I don't know. I think you would like it. No, I probably would. It's just that I never, you know, I never did watch it. You know? It's a because uh, it was just a few years ahead of my time. Yes. Yes. And yeah. it was a spoof of soap operas, right? Yeah. Because it was always on next, what happens on this episode? They would always do like the the lead-in and the cliffhanger type of stuff, you know? Right. Danny's sleeping with Marge, but Marge is sleeping with Mary. You know, and they'd have that, that voiceover, that typical voiceover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Explain, was, explaining all the scenarios, right? Yeah, and it was totally irreverent. And yeah. a little bit, um, what's that... Uh, absurdist yeah yeah well i know that's what's known for one of those shows that was kind of ahead of its time it didn't last for so long because it was kind of like more highbrow than tv had at the time you know yeah like one of the sons has a ventriloquist you know and it's part of the it's part of the show richard mulligan was in it who uh yeah 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 and Richard Mulligan's good. He went on to be the father of one of my other favorite TV shows. Was um, was uh, Empty Nest? Empty Nest. Yes, he was also a movie that I loved as a kid. Even though it's it's by any movie standards, it's terrible. It's just that it was on every day one summer, like in 1985 or Meatballs Two. <laughs> You ever see Meatballs 2? Oh, no, no. Paul Rubens is in it. Richard Mulligan's the camp counselor. John Larroquette is from the bad camp with the military camp across the lake. 
that they're having a fight with, and there's an alien. <laughs> and I just remember thinking it was so. My brother and I, we would watch it every day. It was hilarious when we were kids. You know, it's it's nothing compared to the original Meatballs, but for a nine year, nine ten year old sensibility, it's hilarious. You know. Yeah. Um, Empty Nest had uh, Christy McNichol. Yes, I loved yes. Christy McNichol. Yep, Christy McNichol and Donna Manoff, I believe, was the yeah. other. And and David Leisure, aka Joe Asusu, is the neighbor. Yes. Yeah, that was a spinoff of Golden Girls. That was a really good show. Yeah. Empty Nest. Christy McNichol um, hasn't done anything she, since 1998. She had a bad drug problem and stuff i think like before that you know like when she was younger yeah she was um it said it says here that she left um her last gig her last full-time gig was uh was empty nest and she left because uh she was bipolar okay and, and what then, was that movie see i remember i was like five years old seeing that movie it wasn't a movie i was supposed to see it was with matt Dillon, tatum o'neill i think it was called little darlings where yes. they Christy McNichol, where they're going to camp and they're trying to see who they who can lose their virginity to Matt Dillon or something like that. <laughs> that was her first theatrical film in a leading role. Okay, yeah. Uh, Christy, McNichol was, Christy McNichol. Yeah, Christy McNichol was hot. Yeah. And I liked her because she she had like a bum eye. Yeah. Do you remember that about little, her? Yeah, yeah. And she had that little beauty mark too. Yeah, yeah. I was a big fan of Christy McNichol. Who else was in that uh that time, uh, time frame? That's uh well Valerie Bertinelli's in there. Yeah. What um Valerie Bertinelli. Oh, uh, here's the episode. When Donna said she would be bringing a patient to dinner, Fred didn't expect the spry and sophisticated Osgood Wilcox. <laughs> 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 oh god that's great <laughs> roscoe lee brown see roscoe's having his own episode now <laughs> um what else you got i really don't have much you know um i guess since we were talking about classic tv though um well right now the jeffersons is on Speaking of a show I used to like a lot as a kid, but um, but like this, the networks that showing that the one that they show these friggin' Johnny Carson episodes, man, <laughs> and they had some good stuff because they usually show good, really good ones. They had one the other night, and it's Ray Murphy's still pretty damn young, you know, and uh, he's out there promoting Beverly Hills Cop too, and he's only twenty six at the time. You know, and I, I'm really not going to beleaguer the point about telling you, well, this is what happened because that's never so funny. But if you ever have a chance to come across Antenna TV, because you must have it up there. Oh, you got to watch love- those old Johnny Carsons. They are a friggin' time capsule of awesomeness. I love, uh, I love Antenna TV because they run like a lineup. Like, yeah. it's, like they're programming for a modern day network. Well, well, that's what kills me. They show every night at, I guess it's 10 Eastern. At 9 o'clock, they show two Family Ties episodes. 
you know, when they roll the credits, like in the second one, you know, they they shrink the credits and they're like, Wednesday on Antenna TV. It's like you're shrinking the credits to announce that you're showing a 35-year-old episode of Johnny Carson. <laughs> <laughs> like as if it's new, you know? Uh, right. Wednesday, Johnny Carson will have, you know, it's like Tom DeLuise and Oh, they did have one of those ones on a couple of weeks ago with Burt Reynolds from the 70s. And it's when Burt Reynolds is promoting the movie Hooper. Um, <laughs> like, do you remember the way they made fun of, like, when Dana Carvey would be Ed, would be Johnny Carson? Like, the whole thing where when SNL would spoof it and it's like, and he's gone down memory lane, like, towards the end of Johnny Carson's actual run and Ed Mc, and. And the SNL spoof was doing, they're like, oh, and Tom DeLuise and you were here. And they're all spraying each other with liquids and all kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, they had one of those where Burt Reynolds was on. And um, they show a clip from the movie Hooper, a scene with Terry Bradshaw in it. And then they come back and Johnny Carson says something to him. Oh, it, it seemed just like that, you know? And uh, uh, just like that time you did with the water or something, it and Brett Reynolds is, oh, like this. And he takes, like, the mug of water and throws it on Johnny Carson's shirt. I've seen that clip. That's like a <laughs> Yeah, and then clip, Johnny right? Carson, and he's like, well, you got to give it to me now. And Johnny Carson comes over, and Brett Reynolds stands up, and he opens his shirt. And I'm trying to think. Did he put whipped cream? He pours something in <laughs> Brett Reynolds' shirt. I was like, these are the classic Johnny Carson <laughs> episodes. <laughs> And that's what's awesome. They're always showing that type of stuff. Like last night was a 1981 episode, and he was on there doing this whole Tarzan skit. And Betty White, who was a guest for like five minutes on the show, she was playing Jane in this Tarzan bit. It was freaking ridiculous. It's just I don't know. It's just it's just awesome. <laughs> they um they show at it's probably like a three o'clock in the afternoon or something at a less at a less prime time slot uh one day at a time wait what's that uh antenna tv at like three o'clock during the less prime time slots they show one day at a time oh okay yeah yeah one day at a time yeah they show they show all these great shows on there (laughs) oh god you know what's funny about watching old johnny carson's like the one where Eddie Murphy's on, he's like, "Well, I don't have anywhere to go. I'm going to stay here." You know, you watch these shows now, and even if it's like, I don't watch the Tonight Show, but even if it's Colbert or something, you know, when which are supposed to be the prime shows, when guys come out, they they do their interview and leave. When you watch Johnny Carson, everybody would stay on the couch for the most part. Oh yeah. You know, like A. Murphy's like, well, I have nowhere to go. He's like, I don't have any. any this is A. Murphy, like at the pinnacle of his career. Right. You know, like, hey, he's promoting you stick Beverly Hills Cop 2. He's like, I have nowhere to go. I'm going to stick around here. Right. And Johnny's like, yeah, that's fine. He, and he didn't even do anything. He just sat on the couch while these other people came through, you know? <laughs> yeah. Ed McMahon moves on down. <laughs> yep. Like I was watching a few weeks ago, you had Kevin Bacon. It was probably from like 89 and Kevin Bacon's on there. And Kevin Bacon was a movie star, and Kevin Bacon just sits there, shuts up, doesn't say anything else, just sits down the couch. (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny, because it's never like that anymore, you know? No, not at all. (laughs) I mean, and Carson could do whatever he wants, 
And a lot of his shit bombed all the time. But it's like he got to do whatever he wanted. It was crazy. And on that same one with A. Murphy, friggin' Ellen DeGeneres comes out and does stand-up. It was insane. She was like, I was like, man, I never knew Ellen DeGeneres was making Carson show appearances in the 80s like that, you know? Yeah, back then there were so few outlets that, you know, those guys would just line up. Yeah, but I mean, he also, he was, no one's ever going to be the equal to him. He was the king, you know? Plus, he was the only show. He was the only show. CBS, ABC, none of these... Now the stations even bothered to put up competition. You know? Right, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. But it is funny because, you know, the whole classic Carson thing was was where you say it's so hot and everybody, you know, and it'd be how hot is it. So, like, you watch and, um, and like, last night he was, I was watching, he's doing a monologue and he says something. Like, it was such and such. And random person in the audience. And, and if you watch them, this happens frequently where a random person audience, even if it's not setting up for one of those jokes, they'll always say, well, how such and such was it? You know, like it was just known that was a Carson thing. Right. You right. know, and it was acceptable for audience members to go and yell that. Right. <laughs> yeah, if he, he great, would ever man. say such and such is so this, you could yell, well, how much was that? <laughs> And Carson was like, oh, how much? And he'd humor him. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I like 40-year-old programming. <laughs> <laughs> well, then on that note, I think I'm going to watch uh, – I had recently finished watching um, The Office. I don't know if I've talked about this, but a couple couple months ago, I – I threw The Office on Netflix and started watching it, and I said to myself, well, when I get to the part where Steve Carell leaves, I'm going to stop watching because that sucks, and I don't think I watched yeah. it afterwards anyway. But I got so I didn't in- watch too much after Steve Carell left. Either did I, and, and I don't want to say I should have because funny was few and far between after he left, but there was still some funny stuff. Um, but I watched it all the way again and it was over and a little bit like I had nothing else to watch, but more so like those characters are really relatable and you got to make a connection to them, et cetera. And you watch, there's nine seasons of them. So you kind of watch yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. character maturation. And I was like, oh man, what am I going to? What am I gonna watch before bed to like fill that void? So I went, I went to the old standby, Rockford Files. Nice, nice. You know, you, you make a connection. You might as well make it big. And Jim, Jim Garner. Yeah, he yeah. Does it for Jim me. Garner's great. He does it for me. So, you know, it's uh, funny about The Office though, because I was watching one. You know, they come on very, like, after SNL even is over, they come on Saturday nights, you know? Like, 1 in the morning or 12.30 they come on, you know? Yeah. And I was watching one, and I've thought about this before, watching The Office. And it was this one where Michael was doing some crap where he tried to do this Willy Wonka scheme, but he ends up putting all five golden tickets to their biggest (laughs) customer. Yes. But... Uh. The thing I always took away from The Office was the earliest ones with 
were obviously the best because that's when they were just basically doing all the old stories from the British version. Yep. Yeah. And then, but the British version did like two, three seasons max and ended, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it starts really getting ridiculous when they had to start coming up with their own episodes. And when Mike, and then when Michael Scott leaves, you know, they really start coming up with some bullshit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was really weak after that, but you're right. Yeah. Those first couple seasons were, were hysterical where, where they yep. do a lot of the, the same bits. Yeah, I mean the James Spader stuff, the uh what's her name? The Kathy um, Bates. Kathy Bates stuff. Like they were just you know, I don't know. Although I because of the later episodes I became a fan of Ellie Kemper. Yeah, I like Ellie Kemper a lot though. And I'm watching uh have we talked about this? I'm watching the Netflix show, uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Alright, I've watched both seasons of that. Alrighty, uh, I think it's that funny. show's really funny. It's it's it I mean, it's Tina Fey, so of course it's going to be funny. But, yeah, uh, it's really well written. Some of those jokes yeah. are hysterical, man. Oh, uh, like you've watched the new season? Um, I'm about halfway through. All right, well, so because it's like in one of the first episodes, you know, like John Hamm plays the cult leader, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I don't even watch. Uh, I mean, this already happened. I never did watch Mad Men, but I know the final Mad Men episode was. Basically, him, the the capper was him coming up with the teach the world to sing, buy the world a Coke ad, you know? Okay. And they got one. It's it's in one of the first couple episodes of the new season. And she, they're ta- she's talking about how crazy the cult leader was. He even took credit for inventing the uh, I'd like to buy the world a Coke song or something. <laughs> uh, see, I, I didn't know that that was the episode. That was... Uh... The finale of of Mad Men. Yeah, I uh, only knew because they were making such a big deal of it. Okay, that's funny. That's funny. Um, I just watched the episode where uh, it's re- it's so funny, um, where Tina Fey is the guest star as yeah. the psychologist, but the, yeah, the yeah, running yeah. gag she keeps getting drunk. The running gag is that uh, the her roommate Titus is going out to get uh, a tape tower. Because yeah, yeah, yes. they they have too many cassettes because they and join. he's surprised that he can't find one <laughs> right, <laughs> right, and uh, he uh, he wrecks his R Kelly tape. Yeah, <laughs> hysterical man. Just the drops in that episode, just like the one liner throwaway jokes are so funny, and they're playing off. Uh, what would it? What would you call it? Off market. What's it called when something is not off-brand? Off, yeah, yeah. Off-brand remakes of popular 80s songs, but they're replacing the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's a really good show, and I probably miss... It's like The Simpsons. I probably miss friggin' half the jokes, you know, because they make so many references and stuff like, yeah. like the Coke one you didn't get because you don't, I only know because the whole madman thing, they made such a big deal of it right after it ended. Right. You know, and I saw, Oh, that's the finale. Even though I never watched one episode of the show ever. And I was like, Oh, that's what they're making fun of. John Hamm was the, a madman. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's a really well-written show. Good times. Good times. Good times. All right, man. On that note, We'll get going. Uh, but speaking of Girk's brother, uh, New Jersey has officially put uh, 
Hillary Clinton over the over the threshold. I guess she's going to make a acceptance speech tonight. Oh, tonight? Because last night they were putting out reports that she was over the threshold. Yeah, I think that was with forecasting and and super delegates and blah 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 blah. But yeah. uh, now New Jersey has officially uh, put her over the over the top. So yeah, what a miserable November this is going to be. <laughs> Seriously, man. And political ideology, ideal ideology aside, right? I, I. I cringe when I hear her voice. Oh, yeah, she's so terrible. To have her and Trump squaring off with attack ad after attack ad, I, I thank God I don't have television. Yeah. Because it is going to be, you're right, it's going to be a miserable fight. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. It's, gonna, it's, I don't know. Next five years, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So hopefully there's something that can come good out of this. You know, I don't know what it is though. I, I got to think there's going to be a third party or an independent candidate who's going to come in and and once that who knows who knows it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. Well, I mean, I'm voting Johnson Weld. Yeah, that's the Libertarian candidate. They're not going to win, but you know, but but uh, my, I voted for John for that guy last time around, Gary Johnson. So I'll vote for him again. You know? <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I might have voted for him last time. I or no, no, I don't. I don't think so. I gotta look. Um, I have also a history of voting for um, for third party candidates because let's be honest, no, none of them are any good. Yeah, but, I mean that's my thing. Uh, I've only voted in one presidential election, and I voted for a third party candidate when I did because I never believe in. These major party candidates, voting's more important for the for the more localized the election is. I mean, thing is, I know this much, especially last time around. It's like, well, uh, Romney's definitely winning Louisiana because they go by electoral college. It's like I don't have to worry about you know being the swing vote one way or another because it rarely works that way on an election on a scale that big. Of an election, you know? Yeah. Like a statewide thing. And it's like, I, I have no problem going out and voting my conscience on stuff like that, you know? I'm, yeah, I'm going to, man, I couldn't tell you. I'm looking at the list of candidates. Clinton, I know I've voted for Clinton. We were, uh, we were, we were freshmen in college. Okay, and, yeah. And then after that, I mean, I got to say, I voted for. Either Green Party or independent candidates. Did you vote for Ralph Nader in 2000? Uh, yeah, I think I did. I think in 2008, I might have voted the Libertarian, maybe. I don't remember. I wish there was a way to go back and see what you voted, see for. What I voted for. It's easy for me because I only voted once. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I the only time I was ever registered before that because I didn't register once I turned eighteen down here. I was walking across campus freshman year, and that was when there was a gubernatorial election in, in New York. I think that was the year Pataki won the first time. Okay. And uh, and you know, 
these activist kids walking across, and it was me and a guy that lived on my floor, the neighbor, and they're like, want to register to vote? I was like, I'm not from here. The guy's like, you're here for 30 days, you, you get residency. I was like, okay, register to vote. They sent me a thing, but I never went down to vote. You had to go into the hood to go vote, you know? Right. <laughs> so I just never voted. I never thought about it again because, honestly, I never really thought it was a huge deal. And then, like, I mean, I still don't think voting is the biggest deal in the world, you know, because it really isn't. Uh, and when I lived in Boston, I really wasn't cared about the local issues there, you know. But then when I graduate law school and pass the bar, once you're on the bar, you can automatically get a notary license just by being a member of the bar. But you need to register to vote <laughs> to get the notary license. <laughs> So I was like, that's the first time I actually proactively went and registered to vote. Right. You know? So, and then it's like, ah, well, might as well. And I voted in a couple of local things. So that was after 2008, you know? So the first presidential election, I was actually on the rolls for to vote, you know, where I was actually actively on the rolls was 2012. So there you go. But I vote on all kinds of BS tax issues since then, too. Yeah, I'm a big voter. I vote all the time. Yeah, I mean, you need to vote on the local issues that affect you, especially as a homeowner now, you know? Yep. Like taxes, millages, all that type of stuff. Totally. Yeah. Well, there's our civics lesson for the night, right? I can't be out running off vagrants 24 hours a day, you know? I got to let the system do some work. Yeah, I mean, especially you're going to be calling them in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, uh, with apologies to Girk's brother. We'll All see right. you guys next week. Yeah, good night, Fredo. Mm-hmm.